This is Jennifer Hadley, and I'm grateful to be able to transcend time and space this way in order to be with you. The workshop you're about to listen to was recorded live on the phone with an audience. I encourage you to print out the transcript and have it in front of you. You can get the link to download the transcript on the CD cover. This way you can make your notes of personal ahas and insights, and you'll have them to go back to later. I invite you to pause the recording after the prayer at the beginning and take a moment to write down your intention for healing. You can intend to participate fully and listen wholeheartedly. Remember, you share the benefits of your healing and expansion with everyone because you're one with them. There's no extra charge to make the most of your investment. You're so worth it. Thank you. Happy, happy new year. I am so grateful that it's 2017. I'm so grateful and so thankful to say yes to this new year. Very, very grateful. Mm. And let us begin with a prayer. So I invite you to place your hand on your heart. We open ourselves to the unlimited, the unprecedented. So grateful, so thankful that we are consciously choosing to tune to the infinite. So grateful and so thankful that we are choosing a life of profound love and healing. That this is our natural state and our divine destiny. We are grateful and thankful to allow ourselves to have a healing experience. Hmm. Taking this breath of love and gratitude, we're choosing to know and remember our freedom, our wholeness, our beauty, our wisdom, and our clarity. We are grateful and thankful to allow ourselves the opportunity to remember every bit of truth that sets us free, that liberates us from all sense of suffering. We are grateful and thankful to begin our year with this declaration of love. We are willing to be our most loving self. We are willing to see ourselves as fully loving, fully capable of true love. In gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone because we are one with them. In gratitude, we let it be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. All right, so, new year, and some of us are feeling, whew, I narrowly escaped that old year. That old year was not for me. (laughs) That old year was difficult. So, We can look back 
if it serves our path of love, but mostly let's move forward. And one of the things I can tell you is I used to really have a dread at the beginning of a new year because I didn't feel like I had the tools and the ability to make an improvement. And I was one of those people who would set New Year's resolutions that I didn't keep. And so for me, setting New Year's resolutions just became a kind of an almost depressing activity because I kind of knew when I was setting New Year's resolutions that I probably wouldn't keep them, that I didn't really have what it took to keep them. And so I was just setting myself up for more failure and more disappointment. That was a giant bummer to do that to myself year after year after year. I mean, I'd ride that wave of hopefulness, but in in our spiritual studies, as we move along, we realize that hope is not actually that helpful. Intention is extremely helpful. Willingness is extremely helpful. But hope and resolutions... They're more egotistical. They don't really help us. I mean, if hope is the best you got, go for the hope. Don't give up hope. But intention is so much stronger. Willingness is so powerful. So I had so many painful starts to the new year where, once again, I felt like I set myself up for failure. Failure Once again, I was in this place of feeling ill-equipped to live the life I desired. More of the same coming at me in the middle of winter. And so, I'm grateful that I learned a different way, and a way that really is powerful and beautiful and helpful. Yay! Yay, God! So, what I learned was, it's really worth taking as many hours as you can to invest in getting clear about, I like to say, the trajectory of your new year, because I believe we're spiraling upwards. I believe we're rising in spirit. And so we're on an upward trajectory. And one of the things that many spiritual students don't do, because they're afraid of energizing attachments is they don't really stop and evaluate where it is they'd like to go. Really looking clearly at, okay, what's not working right now? What would I like to shift and change? Even if I don't know how, don't need to know how, a spirit will provide the how if I'm willing. What, what would I like to be experiencing? And many times, many spiritual students feel like they are going to have such a strong attachment to it that they are afraid to even energize what they'd like. I find that all the time, that they're afraid to energize what they like. And I can say, having done this work so many years now, that having strong, clear intention is life-changing. It's completely life-changing. And our mind is the mind of God. What we hold in it for ourselves is what we're going to bring into our experience. So if we're not willing to hold what we'd like, then we're, we're 
not using our God power to make our life more enjoyable. So let's go for it. Now, I'll tell you, it would be helpful to you if you have pen and paper during this. I'm going to really think of it as a workshop. And I'm also going to invite you to set the intention right now to do this with a friend at a future date, if at all possible. Certainly do it with yourself again at a future date. But if you can, gather a couple of like-minded souls and make a party of it. Doing this with a friend you will then have a touchstone of someone you can touch back with throughout the year. Also, when you're the two or more who are gathered doing it, that's so powerful as well. And in picking someone to do this with you, make sure it's someone who's encouraging. Because some people can have friends that are actually discouraging. And uh, sometimes friends and loved ones will say, well, how will that ever happen? You'll never be able to do that. And they, uh, it's best not to actually share our hopes and dreams with those people. So, uh, and that can actually be just uh, enough discouragement that people will give up. So I encourage you to gather a couple of folks around you who will be very encouraging and supportive. Because... We get inspiration to do things that seem impossible. I do all the time. And people will say to me, how, how is that ever going to happen? <laughs> and I say, yeah, I don't know. I'm really interested to find out, but I don't know. But I'm willing to hold the idea that Spirit has given me and to bring it into form and to have fun doing it. So that's how I operate. So, the value of doing the work we're going to do today is that it really can change not just your year, but your life. And I'll, I'll give you an example. The first time that I really invested myself in really putting some hours, time, energy, and attention into being clear, what is my intention for the year? I got that my intention was to be unbotherable. To be unbotherable. And I made a commitment to it. It was an intention, not a resolution. So I didn't resolve to be unbotherable. That feels so egotistical, doesn't it? But my intention was to be unbotherable. So when I would start to feel the irritation, the frustration, the bother boiling up in me, I would remember my intention. I kept it in front of me every day of the year. And so every time that there was a sense of feeling bothered, I would say, ah, here's my opportunity to practice my intention and be unbotherable. And many times in the moment, I had no idea how to be unbotherable. This was new for me. Even the desire to be unbotherable was new for me. So in the moment when I was starting to feel that bother rising up, I could say, oh, this is my opportunity to practice being unbotherable. Okay, spirit, show me how. 
show me how. And then I would become aware, oh, this is the thought that's bothering me. It seems like these people are bothering me. It seems like this situation is bothering me. It seems like these events, these occurrences, this lack, this limitation, that's what's bothering me. But I began to see, oh no, the world is not bothering me. I am holding the world in a place that does not suit my loving heart. And so, for those of you who are Course in Miracles students, you can think of the early lessons of A Course in Miracles, right? Lesson one. So, we're, rec- I'm recording this on day one of 2017. And Lesson 1 in A Course in Miracles, Day 1 in the Course in Miracles workbook, is nothing I see in this room means anything. Nothing I see in this room means anything. So this is where we begin with A Course in Miracles, that as we look around our room, we look around our life, that... The things we see are not containing any meaning. They only have the meaning that we've projected onto them. And we can begin to recognize that this is true of everything in our life. That things only have the meaning that we've given to them. And if that meaning doesn't make us happy, can't we shift that meaning and how we're holding it in our mind? And then when we do, we can become unbotherable. So as you might imagine, it takes a great willingness. Now, my willingness was born of a desire to be happy and to love myself into a happy life. Because I had become aware that I was often unhappy and that... It was not loving to myself to allow myself to continue to be unloving to myself. That had to change. So I began dedicating myself to being loving to myself. And one of the things I began to do was I began to speak to myself very kindly. So I started to say, darling, sweetheart when I was talking with myself, particularly when I was feeling disappointed in myself, angry at myself, I would take a whole new tact. Darling, yes, this is broken, and it's not the end of the world. We can get another one. It's not worth being bothered about. Sweetheart, we can let this go. We don't have to hold this as something bad or wrong. And so I began to really practice ways to soothe myself when I was bothered. And say, hey, wait a minute, maybe there's another way to look at this, darling. Let's see if we can find it. This was me loving myself. And loving myself free of all the punishing ways that I had developed. 
And that made such a difference in my life. So that was one of the early intentions that I set for the whole year. And it was really life-changing. And I held on to that so closely that it, it, it really changed my relationships. It changed so many things in my experience to be unbotherable. So you can always use that intention, if you like, to be unbotherable. Another one I remember that had a major impact on me, they all did, but one that also had a major impact on me was my intention to stop working for money and to work only for love. To stop working for money and work only for love, that shifted me into my ministry. So I was in ministerial school at the time when I made that intention for the year. And what came along with that, working only for love rather than money, was to live without fear. That was another intention that I set, to live without fear. And I put it in tandem with to work only for love and live without fear. So keeping my focus on love made it much easier to live without fear. Now, one of the most inspiring stories I've ever heard, I'd like to share with you now. I heard Michael Beckwith tell it back in the 90s, so maybe 20 years ago. I heard him say that he had read an article about people who had accomplished extraordinary things, just mind-boggling, extraordinary things. And he said, when asked about accomplishing something extraordinary, they all said, had I known that I could accomplish what I set out to do, I would have set my sights even higher. Had I known it was possible, I would have gone for even greater achievement. So what does that tell us? That every single one of these people who accomplished extraordinary things realized that had they set their sights higher, they could have accomplished even more. You see, if we can set our intention and eliminate any thought of failure, then we've got a clear path for accomplishment. So how do we eliminate the possibility of failure? How do we eliminate the possibility of failure? Well, there's a couple of steps here. And one is to remember what it says in A Course in Miracles. All things work together for good. There are no exceptions. So we don't make any exceptions. And then we're not labeling anything as a failure. All things work together for our good. There are no exceptions. So if that's true, can there be any failures? We may fail at setting out to do exactly what we thought we would do. But many times, spirit has a bait and switch. 
You know what a bait and switch is? Bait and switch is um, what what some uh, companies will do. So they might say, we've got refrigerators on sale today. We have this amazing, great deal on a refrigerator. Super top-of-the-line refrigerator. It's half off. Today only. People go in to buy that refrigerator, and they only had one. So the supplies limited. You ever see that? Supplies limited. So you go in, and they they don't have a supply of it anymore. So then they say, well, we have this other one. You know, and this is even super deluxe. It's more expensive, but it's a great buy, and we can give you 20% off on that or something. So that's a bait and switch. They've baited you with a great offer, and then they switch and get you to buy something else. So sometimes God is a bait and switch. When I moved out to California in 1994, I went out there because I had applied to go to film school and I was hoping to get into film school. And the bait and switch was, yes, I did go to film school, but then (laughs) I quickly realized after I graduated that ministry was absolutely the unavoidable calling. And so then I went down that path. So to me, it felt like God operating a bait and switch. I went to California to be successful in film and television, (laughs) but that's not where I ended up. I couldn't be happier. I have zero complaints. Uh, But it did seem like a bait and switch. So was there a failure? Did I fail because I didn't accomplish my goal? I don't feel that way at all. I don't feel anything remotely like a failure. Not at all. So failure is a judgment. It's an opinion. All things work together for good. There are no exceptions. So there's, And now here's another way to completely avoid failure. Put spirit in charge. Don't put the ego in charge. Put spirit in charge. So think of something that you've done in your life, you set your sights on, where you feel like you failed. Just bring that into your mind for a moment. Some place in your life where you feel like you failed. Now think about it. Did you put spirit in charge, or was ego in charge? Was your personality in charge? Were you trying to make something happen? Or were you being guided by spirit and allowing something to unfold? Which was it? See, to me, failure is of the ego. It's not of the spirit. Spirit does not know what failure is. In spirit, there's just no such thing. Because even if we could say, in that moment, I failed to be loving. We could say that. But won't we learn from that? Won't we learn something about the benefits of being loving versus not being loving? And isn't that successful learning? You see... I'm a learner. I'm a lifelong learner, and I am a happy learner. Because as long as I'm learning, I'm successful. And in this human realm, we learn through contrast, 
we learn through error. So I like to call my errors tactical errors rather than mistakes, or I call them mistakes. We have misperceptions. We make tactical errors. I thought if I left at 3.30, I'd be there by 4. I'm there at 4.30. That was a tactical error. I learned something. I learned that in these circumstances, it's best to allow for an hour to get there, not a half an hour. I learned something. I didn't know that before. It's an error. An error in judgment. But do I need to be punished for it? No, I don't think so. We're learning. And the thing is, is what was my intention? My intention was to get there in plenty of time. Now, sometimes people intentionally do not give themselves enough time, and they're chronically late. That's a different story. It's a different story. So, what is the intention that you might set for yourself this year if you knew you couldn't fail. Now, let's talk about intention here. I have come to see and believe and know and feel (laughs) that the highest intention I can set is the best one. And really, for me, it's about being loving. I have an aspiration to attain enlightenment. And I encourage you to set an aspiration as well. Aspiration to me is uh, my goal for my life. So of Course in Miracles says to hold that goal to uh, reach the atonement, to accept the atonement, to accept that there is no separation. That to me is attaining enlightenment, awakening from the dream of separation. So that's my aspiration. And To be a loving presence in this world, a beneficial presence in this world, to serve the light. To be a loving, beneficial presence. That is my intention. So my intention serves my aspiration. My aspiration is to attain enlightenment. So being loving and a beneficial presence, serving the light, that fits right in with attaining enlightenment. Now, it it took me quite a while as a spiritual student to be willing to admit I am on a trajectory to attain enlightenment. That is my aspiration. And I'm interested in designing my whole life to meet my aspiration. Rather than to get a bunch of things, I'd like to be awake. Not that I don't enjoy having a bunch of things, but the main thing is to feel loving. To feel that I'm a beneficial presence. I'm loving myself and I'm loving others. This is the great gift that I can give and share and have. Of course, Miracles tells us to have, give all to all. So when I'm being loving, I get to have all that love. And that's wonderful. 
setting an intention for the year, setting an aspiration for your life, having some goals, making them sweet and simple so that you won't forget them. They're not complicated. They're not long sentences that are difficult to remember. Very simple. Keep it simple in order to keep it right in front of you. Setting the highest intention that you can. Knowing that you cannot fail. And making that intention around how you're being in the world. Being loving, being unbotherable, being open and receptive. So you might think about, is there something that you dislike about yourself? Is there something that you are holding against yourself? So some people are very disappointed in themselves, angry with themselves that they did something or they didn't do something. They haven't forgiven themselves. What would be the opposite of punishing ourselves with unforgiveness? Might be having self-compassion. That's a wonderful intention. To have compassion for all beings, including myself. Another wonderful intention is to forgive everything in all directions of time and space. Now, in considering your intention, what's really helpful is to keep focused on the positive and not the negative. So, someone might think, okay, my intention this year is to stop playing small. Well, that's a great intention, except let's see how we can put it in a positive light. My intention is... To be fully expressed in love. That would eliminate any playing small. My intention is to share my gifts and talents in the world in ways that are profoundly fulfilling for myself and others. It's a bit wordy. It's a bit wordy. You could say, my intention is to enjoy sharing my gifts and talents with the world. Or just, my intention is to share my gifts and talents. You could say, my intention is to successfully share my gifts and talents. I have been talking with many of the people who have been in my year-long Masterful Living course. And we do this work in Masterful Living. And, in fact, this class is a bonus class for people who are registered for Masterful Living in 2017. And I absolutely love when the end of the year comes and I get to talk with so many people who are actively shifting their life to be more enjoyable, more prosperous, more harmonious, to experience more freedom, more joy, more love, and more light. I love this time of year at the end of the year 
we're starting a year here, but uh, I've been talking with so many people in Masterful Living that at the beginning of the year, they told me how they would like to feel one year from then. And so people write to me and they tell me what they would like to be able to say to me at the end of the year or the beginning of the new year. And so they'll write the most beautiful things about, uh, and they write it as if it's the start of the new year, a year from now. And this I invite you to do. And you send it to me, I'll hold it with you. Okay? So you're going to write as though it's one year from now how you're feeling. As though, so you're writing it now as though it's already accomplished. So first, you're going to need to articulate really how would you like to feel a year from now. And so keeping your intention, keeping your goals all around how you'd like to feel is so much more productive than looking at it from the world of form. Because that's where we get attached, right? So this is why a lot of spiritual students draw back from setting goals and having goals is they don't want to get attached to them. We, we, have, we have used to people talking about New Year's resolutions and saying, okay, this year I'm going to lose 20 pounds, I'm going to get in shape, I'm going to remodel my house, I'm going to get a better job, I'm going to put myself out there in the dating scene, uh, all kinds of resolutions that people make. Right? They resolve they're going to do these things. Such a different energy than intending what they would like to experience and feel. So instead of saying, I resolve I'm going to lose 20 pounds this year. Instead, how would you like to feel about your body and your weight at the end of the year? So I'd like to feel that I'm the perfect weight. I'd like to feel that I'm really happy in my body. I'd like to feel that I love and appreciate my body, that it's strong and vibrant, and I feel fit. I'd like to experience um, really feeling flexibility, good flexibility. I can touch my toes. Uh, so somebody might say I can bend over, put my forehead on my knees. Uh, I'd like to be flexible and strong enough to go skiing with my family. I'd like to feel that I'm a great belly dancer and I'm really having fun with it and enjoying it and sharing that with my husband or my wife or something like that. Um, Think about how you'd really like to feel, let's say, in your body. How would you just like to feel? And do some real writing on how you'd like to feel. And then write the next part, which is you're thinking about it one year from now. So you put yourself ahead one year where you'd like to be. And you're writing about how you feel now. So you might be writing, oh, I feel so good about my body now. I'm so grateful for everything that I did this year that led me to this place. 
I am amazed at how much more flexible I am, and I really enjoy feeling that level of fitness. Oh, I'm so grateful that my blood pressures returned to normal, and I'm feeling so positive about that. I've realized, gosh, now that I've accomplished this, what else can I accomplish? And I'm excited to see what comes next. I'm so grateful and so thankful that I have some new clothes to go with my new body. And I'm just absolutely loving eating the foods that really make me feel good. I'm so grateful that I'm no longer punishing myself or medicating myself with food. And now I'm feeling so loving every time I eat a meal. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that I feel all the time that I'm doing what's best for me. It's really wonderful to be aware that I'm loving myself day in and day out. And I notice that other people around me are feeling inspired too. I notice that other members of my family that were having some health and weight issues, they're inspired and they're doing great. And it's brought us closer together. We have more intimacy and I just love that. Uh, You know, a lot of people, weight gets in their way of their sexual expression. And so you you might put all kinds of details in there. You know, I'm feeling so great now. Uh, My sex life with my partner is so yummy now. I never knew it could be this good. I'm so grateful that I realized how powerful it is to set an intention and hold it in front of me. Now I'm experiencing all kinds of uh, intimacy and delights and pleasure that feels really connecting. I'm so grateful that I have this wonderful experience of healing in my sexuality and that I can give and receive intimate love in ways that are deeply fulfilling and delightful and surprising. I feel I'm more spontaneous now. I don't feel stuck in a rut. I feel like so much more is possible now. We can write things like that. And if you write a first draft and you feel like, eh, this isn't that great, Rather than get caught up in the judgment and thinking, oh, maybe I can't do this, just give it another shot. Give it another try. You know, that's the thing about writing and creative expression. We go through different drafts, and that's fine. Doing it on the first draft, there's no extra prize for that. There's none. I also encourage you, when you're writing how you'd like to feel, that's part one, and then writing part two, you're feeling it now. You're writing it from the vantage point of the future, a year from now. When you're doing these writing exercises, read them out loud. And if you're getting together with friends and doing this with friends, you could read them out loud to each other. If it feels like a safe space, that's a wonderful gift to each other. Give each other because you'll inspire each other. And you'll think of things that you might not otherwise have considered. It's wonderful. It's delightful.
really fun. And so there's so many areas of your life that you can do this. Now, here's the thing. People have been saying to me in Masterful Living, oh my God, Jennifer, I had no idea. I wrote that stuff to you last year. I never thought that it would actually happen, but I'm rereading it now. I just pulled it out. I haven't looked at it all year long, and everything I put down is what is true for me now. Everything. And I didn't focus my attention on this list of things. Not at all. But they did keep their focus on being loving. So they set that intention. They had some willingness to invest themselves in what they'd like. Which means nobody does that. Nobody does that work unless they're willing to receive it. Willing to have it. And that little bit of willingness goes a long way. Now, I can tell you that the people that keep it in front of them all year, maybe read it once a week, once a day, things like that, they have even more amazing, miraculous results. What I know about people when we're identified with the ego is we will spend all kinds of money. We will invest all kinds of time and energy doing all kinds of things to make these things come to fruition. And we will avoid doing this intentional work. Now, this kind of intentional work that I teach in Masterful Living, I call it working in the invisible. So rather than working in the world of form, trying to make things happen, we work at the level of the mind. A Course in Miracles tells us all healing is at the level of the mind. So that's where we're doing our work, at the level of the mind. It's so much faster because in the level of the mind, at the level of the mind, time and space don't apply. They don't get in the way. But pushing form, pushing density in the world of form, trying to make things happen in the world, our belief about time and space often gets in our way of what we think is possible. But if we're willing to do this intentional work, I'm telling you the results are amazing. And it is work, you know. It can be a lot of fun. I enjoy my work. And so work is not painful to me. I enjoy my work. Work is fun for me. But some people have the connotation on the word work that it's painful or it's not fun. So you can call it play. <laughs> Feel free to call it play. And call it work play. Work fun. Instead of homework, home fun. Home play. So you will clear out your resistance and your reluctance by just doing this home play of being willing to take a number of hours to write out, first of all, what you would like. And maybe you'll keep a separate list of what you don't like. So 
you could say, oh, you know what? As you're writing all the things that you like, you could say, you know what I don't like? I don't like this or that. So maybe in terms of thinking, uh, uh, I'm going to give you different categories to do it in. So I'm inviting you to do not just your body, but also how do you feel about yourself? How do you feel about yourself? How would you like to feel about yourself? Your very beingness, your spirit. Another one is your home environment. How would you like to feel at home? How would you like to feel at work? And you can think about not just the work that you do, also the people you work with and the environment you work in. You can think about what you wear to work, all aspects. What would you like? Just really getting clear about what you'd like. I find that when we're willing to hold in our mind what we like, simultaneously we're increasing our sense of, I could have it. Yeah, I could have that. Because in just listing what it is you'd like, you're using the powerful tool of your mind to imagine it. To create a vision of it. And a creative vision of you experiencing it and having it. You know, the world's great Olympic athletes, one of the keys to their successes is they visualize themselves accomplishing what they're setting out to do. Same here. We're imagining ourselves, visioning ourselves, experiencing what we'd like. It's the beginning of having it. Because our mind is the mind of God. And the pictures that we hold in our mind, we often see them come into being. That's how God works. As long as we have no thought that it can't happen, there's nothing to stop it from being made manifest. So this is a very powerful tool for us to practice opening our mind and having clear thought that's helpful. We're calling things into being. And that's why every year at the end of Masterful Living, so many people tell me, oh my goodness, I have manifested what I wrote at the beginning of the year about how I'd like to feel. So, how would you like to feel about yourself? How would you like to feel about your body? How would you like to feel about your home? How would you like to feel about your work? How would you like to feel in your relationships? Right? We all have many relationships. And some of us have some relationships that aren't so great. Some of us have relationships that really are torturous. Some of us don't have many relationships. 
And some of us just have relationships that could be a little bit better, more loving, more enjoyable. So in each of those relationships and in general, how would you like to feel at the end of the year about these relationships and yourself generally in relationship? How would you like to feel? Another one that I find a lot of people leave off, unless it's their profession, is creativity. Is there a form of creative expression that you've always wanted to express, or you'd like to, or you like to, but you just don't give yourself permission to do it? How would you like to feel about your creativity a year from now? For me, one of my fun ways of expressing creativity is creating new classes and workshops. It's also, I love decorating. That's a wonderful creative expression for me, creating a a space for me to be in and live in and share with others. I love decorating. I love thinking about decorating. (laughs) For me, another creative expression is cooking. I really enjoy cooking. I love cooking for others. And thinking of creative ways to put meals together, to try new things. Not everything's a huge success, but it's fun to to play around with it. I also can have fun expressing my creativity with plants. Many people do that in a garden. I like to make jewelry. Lots of ways that we can express ourselves creatively. One way that... um, I also uh, express myself creatively is creating events and experiences, parties, gatherings, wonderful ways to express creatively. I sometimes really express my creativity with taking pictures, making videos, things like that. I have... uh, a bunch of mandala coloring books that I like. And I have probably a hundred or more colored pens and glitter pens and gel metallic pens. I love all those and I, I really enjoy coloring in my coloring books. It's fun for me. So how would you like to feel about your creativity? How would you like to express your creativity? discover, explore, but mostly how would you like to feel about it? So I'm going to open it up now. I'm going to open up the, we've got people on the line here, and I'd love to hear some areas of your life that you could do this intentional writing around, uh, some other categories, and um 
what what is uh, what is an area that you would like to explore that maybe I haven't mentioned? Uh, so star two, if you've got any ideas here, you can raise your hand and I can call on you. Or if you are uh, on the line, then um, you can type something into one of the uh, the boxes there. There's one box, what am I saying? <laughs> but you can type something in. Anybody have any other areas of their life that uh, they would like to shift and change and have intention around? How you'd like to feel at the end of the year? And you know what? It's um, one that just popped into my mind was... Uh, about how I dress. Some people, they don't feel good about the way they dress. And uh, they're not expressing themselves in that way. That's a, a very beautiful way to express themselves creatively. I certainly do that. Express myself creatively through the clothing I wear, the choices I wear. So you could have intention around that and how you feel in your clothes. Um, many people, and this is uh, more women than men, but men do it too, is we hold on to clothes that don't fit us anymore. We hold on to clothes that we don't wear anymore. We hold on to um, uh, clothes that we bought that we just really don't even like. And they we still have room for them in our drawers, in our closet. And... When you get right down to it, you're not going to wear that anymore, probably. And if we're holding on to clothes that we don't like and that we haven't worn in a very long time, if we're holding on to clothes that don't fit and we haven't worn in a very long time, then... Most people, the reason why they're holding on to it is often related to, I am holding on to this in case I need it in the future. That in case I don't have enough money to buy clothes in the future and I need this, I want to hold on to it. Sometimes we can buy very expensive clothing that we only wear once to a wedding or something like that. doesn't really feel comfortable. We'll hold on to these items of clothing uh, it, almost to punish ourselves. Because the ego says, I spent $300 on that dress. I can't possibly just give it away to the goodwill or anything like that. And I have an idea for you that I did with my friends. I did it a few times. So much fun. And... Oh, opened up so much energy in my life. So I, I got together with five friends and we brought all our clothes and jewelry and purses and scarves and hats and everything that we don't wear. If it was a $2,000 dress or a $2 scarf, didn't matter. We're not wearing it. We're not going to be wearing it for whatever reason. Packed them all up in suitcases we all went to my friend Karen's house, and we opened up all our suitcases, and we all just 
shared and shared and shared. And it was so wonderful. And for quite a while after that, of course, I've moved from Los Angeles now, but for, for a couple of years after that, I would see my friends and they might be wearing something that they'd gotten from me. And I can't tell you how happy it made me to see my friends wearing things that looked great on them that were not great on me. It was wonderful. And for me, it was much better than just giving it to the goodwill, which I've certainly done. Now, some of you may know about the uh, art of feng shui, F-E-N-G, S-H-U-I, feng shui, and it's about energy and the placement of objects and doors and windows and things like that, and the feng shui of holding on to a bunch of things, whether it's clothes or dishes or shoes or broken telephones or any old stuff that you have lying around the house that you don't use and you're not going to use. And you're just clinging to it, holding on to it. It's, it's hoarding. It is a form of hoarding. It's, it creates an energy of a belief, oftentimes a belief, in the possibility of future lack and limitation. Is that something you'd like to energize this year? Lack and limitation? Probably not. <laughs> so I strongly encourage you to start going through your house in, you know, small segments and just getting rid of the things that you don't like, that don't serve you, that you don't need, and give them away to someone who can use them. Now, some people might uh, prefer to maybe have a sale, and earn some money from that. That's great. There's nothing wrong with that. Some people might prefer to just box it all up and give it to the goodwill. I've done all these things. Uh, I really enjoy giving things away to friends. So you can have a party and you can just invite people over and say, you can have all these, these things I'm giving away, you know, set up a space. Uh, sometimes somebody has a nice space and you can get a group of people together and do it together. And that's really wonderful really wonderful. So it's a great way to clear out the negative feng shui energy, the stuck energy from hoarding in your house. And I got to tell you, like I, I've done things where I've had a stack of spiritual books that I bought. As I used to do that, I used to buy all kinds of books. And people would give me lots of spiritual books that I didn't read and they would kind of mock me. I'd stack them up by my bed as though I were going to start reading them in bed, which no, that's not happening. <laughs> or I just put them on the bookshelf thinking, oh, I'll read them later. Or they'd be on the coffee table for a while. And I just stopped buying those books. But what I did was I, I just gave them to the library. I did that one time. I, I took used books to a used bookstore, sold what I could when I didn't have money. Uh, and I've also just had get friends come over and I've said, just here, all, I'm giving away all these books. Take these books. I know some people will do, um, they will go to like a meeting and they'll say, um, they go to weekly meetings of various kinds and clubs and different things. And every time they go, they just take a book they don't want. And they say, I'm giving this book away. Does anybody want it? And it's a wonderful way to give things away. And um, 
and clear out. I'm for, like, let's clear all this out now. Um, but, you know, uh, I, I haven't had a garage space where I could store things. So that's what worked for me. And it just, oh, it lightens things up. And isn't it wonderful to consider lightening things up at this time of year? Oh, yes, it is. Oh my goodness! All right, so we've got um, we've got Lori raising her hand here. I'm going to unmute you, Lori. Hey, Lori. Hello, Jennifer. Happy uh, New Year. Hey, there's a book. Happy New Year to you too. There's a book that I'm thinking about with all of the feng shui uh, clearing out, and it's called The Magic of Tidying Up by ah. Con Marie. And it's a beautiful way to, um, she has you hold things and just say, do I love them? And if you don't truly love them, then it goes into a giveaway box or can't decide box. And then you go through the can't decide box. And literally, it just you listen to your heart for each item that you have. So it's a really pretty way to do some clear, clearing and cleaning. That is fabulous. What's it called again? The Magic of Tidying Up. By Con Marie. Wonderful. And it is. It's so helpful and it's so beautiful to give your, you know, if they're treasures. I had expensive pants, um, like St. John's expensive pants that I just could not get rid of, but I wasn't wearing. They were in my closet. And it was fun to, to finally decide that they were not my purpose anymore. I didn't love them anymore. And so I um, was able to throw them to the universe. I gave them away to uh, young women that needed to be employed. And, um, you know, so it was just, it was a good win-win feeling for sure. Mm. Yes, there are organizations that are wonderful Mm -hmm. that help people who are uh, trying to get back in the job market or get a better job and they need clothes to wear to a new job. And um, I don't know the names of any of them now, but um, probably you could ask at your church or your town hall, mm-hmm. and um, uh, it's that's a wonderful place to give uh, donations to to help people make a fresh start. And it's wonderful too as you're cleaning them up and preparing them nicely for them to receive uh, to really energize that these clothes are going to be. Uh, every thread is woven with love, and as the people wear them, they will naturally magnetize to them blessings and all kinds of good, and, and that they're, they're going to wear them in the most loving expressions of life and just pray over them and bless them. Same with the things. Thank you for yeah, that, Lori. I couldn't. Yeah, I just couldn't get rid of them. I just couldn't. But it, I could give them up in love and um, generosity, and that was great. Yeah. So I've got a few things that I have written down as you've been talking about the intentions for the new year. Okay. And I just wanted to express them. Um, just a second, please. And so, um, but what I've got down is. It's like I want to be free, like really free. And I wrote down some of the things. Um, I, you know, I, I want to be truly liberated. I want to be feel free. I want to want to free feel free to pray, free to listen to my Holy Spirit self, 
free to love, free to talk about my choices, free to praise, free to, you know, judgment-free, fear-free, debt-free. And so I was just writing about some of those things that, that oh, if I could get out into the world and, and just follow my guide, follow love, follow joy and peace um, in every moment, in every situation. Mm-hmm. That's what I feel like could move me to the, um, you know, just that's what I would like to do this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. Uh, and as you're you're talking about that, um, one of the things that Cheryl wrote in here is that she would like to uh, set intention around her finances and how she handles money. Such a good one. Such a good one. So, and and thinking about um, energizing these intentions. So, one that that uh, relates to what Cheryl's sharing there, Lori, is you said debt free. Yeah. So, I understand that. So, let's say that the uh, the negative expression is debt free because it's got debt in it. Uh huh. Okay. So let's see if we can say, well, what what would be the opposite of debt? Rich. <laughs> yeah, to be wealthy, to have a surplus of abundance, right? So now yes. it's if, if we're thinking about it in terms of feelings, okay, and I'm just going to mute you there a little bit because you got some background noise. Um, so feeling debt and, and many people have debt and it doesn't mean that it's a, it's a a burden because people who are very wealthy often have debt, uh, because they have mortgages and things like that, that for them, it makes more financial sense to have a mortgage and the benefits of a mortgage, uh, than to just pay for everything with cash. So people have different philosophies about that and different preferences and different viewpoints and situations about it. But I certainly understand having a desire to be debt-free. So if I'd I'd like to feel my intention, it might be I'd like to feel prosperous, abundant, wealthy, really keeping focused on that feeling. Now, somebody might come along and say, well, you could feel all of that, but not have any money. But if you really felt prosperous, and you believed you were prosperous, and you felt abundant, and believed and knew you were abundant, and you knew you were wealthy, would you have any worries about money? Probably not. So that's the thing, is just keeping it focused on how you'd like to feel. So... um, Sometimes when we say um, the the like some people talk about oh I'd like to be fearless okay well what if, what would be the more positive way to express fearless that I'm I'm confident and that I'm courageous that I feel assured that I can move forward loved I feel loved. You see how I went from one to the other? So that's 
why I say the judger always feels judged, the attacker always feels attacked, and the lover always feels beloved. So rather than fearless, I can feel loved. Because if I'm really feeling loved, is there any fear? Not for me. Not when I'm feeling loved. I don't feel any fear when I really feel loved, particularly by the beloved. All right, Lori, I'm just going to unmute you again here now. So anything else you'd like to share? This is really good. Good stuff, Lori. <laughs> Um, mm, I like I like turning that into the feel prosperous, abundant, confident, and assured. But if I could, I'd like to just share. Oh, I had an opportunity this weekend, and this is what's bringing up the abundant financially. Um, that there's a a gal that's very, 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 very successful in a business, and um, it's a multi level business and she's been involved in multi-level um, for about um, 30 years and um, she showed me her financial statement and I was in her home and she it was just so magnificent and the you know she drives around a Mercedes um, and that was provided by the company and it's a product that is pretty neat it's got some it's a it's a vitamin type product but I never thought that I would want this financial freedom until it came up. Like I've been practicing spirituality this year and I've been happy and comfortable and thinking, oh, I'm okay with a little debt and I'm okay with what I have. And and then she's talking about traveling the world and having these experiences. And I'm like, how could I take on a project? and still have the fears that I have with enrollment or the um, the doubt because of my past experiences. How could I actually take this on, share it because I want a healthy world, share it because I want to love someone and share the love. So it um, woke me up a couple of nights in a row thinking mm. how this would be so amazing so i'm listening i you know to my spirit and i say i believe to my spirit because i just can't believe that it was you know it was so out of the blue that it happened i've been friends with this person for about um a about 17 years and so just happened to be at her house and then she happened to have this everything <laughs> just mm. everything and and I talked to her about you, Jennifer, and I've told her about the podcast and about the Masterful Living class um, because she is still searching for her spiritual um, well-roundedness, let's say. Mm. So it's brought up these, you know, um, but also inhibition. So I'm like, okay, how am I going to do a nuisance intention that is going to offer my services in love, with love, and, um, you know, participate full out in all of the areas, and especially the spiritual areas. I just want to have such a, a broad freedom. That's why I said the word free, because I wanted to feel it. I want to feel like a year from now I can be talking, and it just will feel like it's falling, flowing, lovingly out of my mouth that I don't have the the questions or the concerns. 
Beautiful. Beautiful. Yes. And so it is. And you so know, is. you know, Lori, would it be okay if I read something you wrote a year ago about how you'd like to feel in January 2017? Sure. <laughs> so I, obviously, you know, I we didn't rehearse this at all. And um, so Lori's been in Masterful Living all year, last year. And this is what she wrote um, at uh, the beginning of January 2016. So a year ago, she wrote, from the idea that this is how she desired to feel and what she wanted to be able to say to me in January 2017, right now. So this is what she wrote. She wrote, I can't believe it. I am living an authentic spiritual life with God every day. When I pray and meditate, I am led to listen to and follow my heart in truth. I now believe that all ideas, opinions, and decisions are happening with God's grace and his loving hand. I'm literally being guided by the Holy Spirit every minute. I have an accepting openness to life and situations without worry, fear, or judgment. My guilt is gone. Before I contact my family members, I pray for love and understanding, and then I'm at peace with whatever is said. I have close friends and love to get together with them. I'm living a miraculous life every day with a loving, giving heart. Whoa, a ton of that has happened, Jennifer. Yeah. I have friends. I have friends coming over to my house. I have, yes, I have spiritual abundance. Yes. Amen. Yeah, and I I know I've really seen how you've transformed this year Um, because, you know, some of the things that you also wrote uh, at that time about how you felt at that time, do you remember how you felt a year ago? Yeah, I was so not, I didn't believe it was possible anymore. I had given up hope on myself. I had given up hope that I just felt like the darkness that I had in my life, that it was because I deserved it and I earned it. That it was, I had done things that I guess, uh, I, I couldn't really accept my personality anymore because I was shutting people off and and they were taking me, they were just so um, taking me so literal, like they didn't like me. And so every time I'd have an opinion, I really did feel like I got that reaction from people. And um, and so I knew that when I joined last year that I was able to, I wanted that. I wanted what I wrote down. I wanted that um the the friends I friendship I had been missing and uh but seriously it the the light came on the darkness went away the um the community that you offer is absolutely the so beautiful and um and um with the the guidance of your lessons every week and with the guidance of A Course in Miracles, I was able to turn it around, and now basically all the lights on in my house are on, and I don't <laughs> feel darkness, mm. <laughs> and and um, I, you know, I, people, you know, they'll just tell me what's, what's different with you, it's, 
it's something, um, and I just smile. They're just like, I love you. People from all over are just saying, I love you. I love your spirit. And I'm just like around people that are giving me this. You know, I dropped my judgments, you know, and that's something that's really big in your course. Drop, drop your judgments, you know, and I, I could see myself judging, but it was such a habitual, like, that, you know, lifetime after lifetime of being a judger. And you kept saying a judge always feels, a judger always feels judged. And, but I, and I knew I was projecting that, but I couldn't grasp it until I opened until I started taking ownership of my judgments and that my judgments were actually keeping people away from me, people that I loved and that I wanted to love. And so to drop judgment after judgment after judgment has been probably the biggest key to opening up to the love of the world. Now I just want to spread the love. I just want to spread the light and, you know, have people that are in darkness say, I promise, I promise you that there is light and that there is love. And, you you know, we, you, I don't know if you can do it on your own, but I think that, that some, this assistance, I don't think I could have done it on my own, Jennifer. So thank you for all of your, your guidance. And I just want to encourage anyone out there that is searching for this light and love and peace that's our salvation and this class all of it can we can find we can find it and it's there for the taking yes 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 it's true it's absolutely Mm -hmm. true and what i say glory hearing you speak is that i absolutely know that you went from belief, thinking it wasn't possible for you. You were in too big a hole. I mean, that's those are my words. But you had a willingness nonetheless. Because you had this desire to shift your life, to shift your family, to shift your relationships, to shift how you felt about yourself and how you felt in the world. You had that willingness. And so your willingness was the key. And then you were willing to begin to see, oh, wait a minute. I I dropped these judgments and these miracles happened with, you know, this family member, that family member, this situation, that situation. And so you started to realize, wait a minute, maybe the power's in my mind. And then I saw you get so excited about what was possible for you. Once I thought, once 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 one light was turned on, yeah. one light in the darkness, I could say, I'm in charge, mind training, I have a choice. I can turn on the light in this house and in my heart, or I can keep the darkness, which one is fulfilling. Yeah. Let me ask you about A Course in Miracles, just for some people who might be listening to this class and and they don't even know anything about my year-long Masterful Living course or they thought about it. Maybe they're Course in Miracles students. Maybe they're not. Um, nobody in the course has to be a Course in Miracles student. Were you a Course in Miracles student before Masterful Living? Yes. 
No, I I had I had seen the book about 35 years ago, and um, no, I had not. No, by nothing. I didn't know anything about the Course in Miracles. And so, because uh, you you're always quoting the Course now, <laughs> so you've become <laughs> quite a Course student. Yes, I've been going through the workbook mm, in the Course in Miracles. Yeah, and it's a it's the most it's it's just blows my mind to know to know you know the one thing that got me the most was that I was guiltless. I I just was like, are you kidding? Uh, this and this and this happened to me, and I made these choices, and I'm guiltless. It was the most freeing reading. I just you know, and I. I just think everybody needs to know that they are guiltless. Like, we do the best we can with what we know at the time. And spirit is always there with us. We just need to ask spirit into our lives and, and, uh, you know, and work with it. I, I feel like the, the Course of Miracles has, uh, given me a lot more, um, peeling of the onion. I, I feel like I can, I sense and I be clearer mm-hmm. um, what I want and what I don't want mm-hmm. the more I study the course. And, and And the podcast, too. Your podcast on Tuesdays. The radio show. Fun, mm-hmm. Fantastic. <laughs> fantastic of the guidance. Fantastic. Thank you, Laurie. You're welcome. Beautiful. So exciting. I'm so excited about what, what's going to happen this year. And, ha- ha- and happy New Year to everyone. Um, and um, yeah, I'm I am excited about what's happening this year. And uh, it, if I take something on like what I just said about this uh, level multi-level yeah. marketing, it is going to challenge. It will have it will bring up some more challenges. So I'm so glad that I'm continuing on with Masterful Living because um, it, it it it's going to support me. Mm-hmm. on my adventure, on, on stepping out of the box, on believing that I can actually uh, become healthier with the product and share the product and grow. So mm-hmm. that's yeah. what I really will work on too. Free, Beautiful. free, free. I'm free, free, free. <laughs> yes. All right. Happy New Year. <laughs> hmm. So Lori is a perfect example of someone who did exactly what we're talking about here. She sat down and she wrote about what she had a desire to change, what she liked to see in her life, and how she'd like to feel in her life one year uh, in the future. And then she wrote to me, as I read, how, as though it were happening now, how she would feel in January 2017 and like she said a lot of it is how she's feeling now so this is not uncommon Lori's not special remember when she wrote that a year ago when she wrote and I'm uh, thank you for letting me read it um, Lori uh, when she wrote that a year ago she did not feel um, that it was possible, but she was willing. She was willing. 
She had a desire to live an authentic spiritual life with God every day. And that is what she's experiencing now. So, I want to emphasize again here that it's when we have uh, ideas of how it has to manifest. So, if she were to say, I meditate two hours a day, and I do A Course of Miracles lessons every day, and I'm leading a study group. If she had written things like that... Um, it's fine to write those down, but keep those separate. Oh, these are things I'd like to do. But to keep those separate and really keep this writing about how do you feel one year from now in in these different areas of your life. Because when we say, uh, I'd like to meditate two hours a day, I'd like to uh, do the lesson every day, I'd like to have my own study group, I'd like to have a meditation room in my house. It's all good. But if you think that you have to do those things or you fail, if you're, if you're writing these things down and you get attached to thinking if you don't do them, you failed, you see then it's all being done by the ego. So it's all well and good. Here are a list of things I'd like to experience and manifest. Write that list. It's very valuable. I... I work that way all the time. I say, hmm, you know what? I'd like to have this or I'd like to have that. And I've had so many amazing, miraculous experiences, some that are so specific. For instance, when I was living in England a couple of years ago, I um, I was I, I rented a house unfurnished. And so I, I had a desire to furnish it simply and inexpensively because I knew I wasn't going to stay there a long time. So I would think things like, hmm, I would like to have a comfortable wicker chair that I could easily put outside in the yard under the tree. Preferably a white wicker chair. Okay, so I just hold that in my mind, see myself sitting in that white wicker chair under the tree and doing my meditation practice and whatnot. And then literally the next day, I'm going to the, the Goodwill uh, kind of a store there, the charity store, in the window, a brand new, perfectly, perfect condition wicker chair. It's not white. It's light colored. So I spray painted it white. I got it for just a few dollars instead of paying, you know, what it would have been worth if I bought it new. I even manifested a whole living room set that was exactly what I desired. I asked for, I said, I'd really like to have a beautiful white living room set, a uh, pair of sofas uh, in, in good, beautiful order, kind of shabby chic. And one day I walked into the Goodwill and there it was right in front, right as I walked in the door, they had just marked it down from 300 pounds to 99 pounds. Minutes before I walked in the door, I just took the tag. I saw it. I saw how pristine it was. I walked right up to the counter and I said to the manager, I'd like to buy this. And he looked at it and he said, oh, this is, wow, you got a good deal on this. He said, you know, we just marked this down minutes ago. So things like that will happen if you're holding it loosely. I'd like to have this. 
it all went along with my intention to live in a beautiful space, to have a beautiful home to live and work in. So holding it loosely without attachment. So we can have pictures. We can write, you know, specifics that we'd like to manifest if we can do it without attachment. So that if we're not manifesting that, it's this or something more helpful, this or something more loving, this or something more beautiful, this or something more perfect for me. This is powerful work and we can do it. All right, so I'm going to share here. We're, we're going to go a little bit longer. I'm going to share here. Gosh, I love doing this. <laughs> it's exciting for me. All right, here are some th- other things some people said. Um, and, Diana, I'm going to get to you. Uh, uh, Cheryl, we did share. Cheryl said finances and how she handles money. Uh, Shanna writes in building family and loving community. Uh, Patricia writes in how to retire and travel, even though I love what I do. My husband wants me to retire and I'm not willing. I see myself doing both. All right. So yeah, travel. That's another one. Yes. All right. Uh, Let's see here. Patricia writes in, I have lots of books and don't want to let them go. Well, then don't let them go. That's fine. I I was realizing it was clutter in my closet. I knew I wasn't going to read those books. And so I was just preventing somebody else from reading them. And so it was a kind of hoarding. And so for me, I decided to to be free of them. And boy, did I feel great letting them go. Wow, that was so wonderful. Uh, We've got Diana saying, Can I overcome my fear that I am not enough and let go of sabotaging behaviors? I know that you can. It takes your willingness. And if you're willing to be willing and willing to be willing to believe that you can, then you've got a really good start, Diana. I know that you can. I know it. You know why? Because the fear that you're not enough and the sabotaging behaviors are not natural to you, which is why they're so painful. Whenever we're engaged in anything that's painful, it's because the thoughts that we're thinking, our beliefs, are not natural to us. And that's why they're so upsetting when we cling to beliefs and behaviors that are painful, because it's Our natural state is to be joyful and harmonious and peaceful and to feel free. Now, another thing I'd like to bring up here is about the physical body and the healing of the physical body. One of the things is, is, uh, because I I work with quite a number of people that have physical, uh, emotional, mental challenges that can seem quite dense and... um, One of the things that we see is that sometimes people have an illness, sometimes people have an injury, um, and it can seem like recovery is difficult or impossible. Uh, I've also worked with many people who have chronic pain and are taking lots of pain meds. Uh, People who have chronic depression, been depressed for many years. And I have seen over the years... uh, because I've been doing Masterful Living since 2009. So I've seen in all those years people who have healed chronic depression and uh, all kinds of chronic addiction issues. 
uh, and it seems, in some ways, it can seem spontaneous, that they have spontaneous healing. Um, I've had a couple of people recently tell me that they had chronic pain for a number of years, were on pain meds every day uh, for years, couldn't go anywhere without their pain meds, and um, the pain just disappeared just literally disappeared. And um, that is not uncommon. I've definitely had people in class who had chronic pain from arthritis and um, dramatically lessened over the course of the year. I have people that believed that they could never be in a loving relationship who are now married. So there's all uh, people who are in a relationship that felt punishing and hateful that have transformed those relationships. And that transformation has gone all kinds of ways. But they're feeling happy and harmonious, uh, or much happier, much more harmonious in their relationships. So your willingness to believe that it's possible is the key. The willingness to believe is the key. Because our mind is the mind of God. If we don't believe it's possible... It's still possible. It's just as possible. But it's less likely if we're not willing to accept it. So I believe in miracles because I've experienced so many and I know so many people who've experienced them just as I have through the willingness to change their mind and to drop the false belief and move into what A Course in Miracles says in Lesson 25 I don't know what anything is for. And when people have chronic illness and situations like that, I find that being able to say, I don't know what this is for. I don't know what this illness, this disturbance is for. I injured my back in 2015, and I was in excruciating pain. I didn't know what that was for, except there was something for me to learn, something for me to heal on a mental level. Because it starts in our mind, and then it goes to our emotional body, and then it goes to our physical body. And everything works together for good. There are no exceptions. And we can learn through pain, or we can learn through joy. And so sometimes our experiences in pain lead us to how to better learn through joy. We just don't know what anything is for until we can see through all directions of time and space, until our mind opens that much. Ronnie writes in, I I no longer want to be a victim, which has to do with my self-esteem, resentments, perceptions, etc. How can I put this intention into positive words? So that's how you'd like to feel about yourself. The end, you can write at the end of... This year, beginning of next year, how you feel, how you'd like to feel, in a way such as this, Ronnie. I'm so grateful I no longer feel like a victim. I'm so grateful that I now feel empowered. I've learned to love and appreciate myself. I've learned to care for myself in ways that are so fun and fulfilling. I really enjoy my life now. I'm so grateful that I'm grateful 
so grateful that where I used to take offense and hold on to regrets and resentments, that behavior is not a part of my life anymore. Now I'm seeing all this good in my relationships, in my activities, in my life, my body, my work. And I'm so grateful and so thankful to be in the flow of good, to be in the flow of love is so yummy and wonderful. And I noticed that I have really genuinely become a loving and kind generous and appreciative person and naturally my self-esteem has been healed because I am so loving. I never knew how wonderful it could be to be this loving. I never knew it could be as easy as it has been. This has been a year of miraculous healing and I'm so grateful to know that this healing is permanent And I will never go back to where I was. So I'm celebrating this and I'm excited about the ways that I'm sharing the benefits with others. I'm so grateful that my life is just opening and opening and opening to greater and greater expressions of love. How wonderful it is to be me now. Where once I was lost, I now feel delighted to be alive. I am so grateful for my healing. So we can really have, you, you, that's why I say you may take a few drafts and uh, we'll be transcribing this class so you can pull things from the transcript. Absolutely. Uh, Cheryl's writing, how does it work when you'd like to manifest a loving partner relationship? Same thing. I'm so grateful for my partner. So grateful and so thankful that we have such a loving relationship. What I really appreciate about my partner and myself is that we, we have so much fun together. There are many, many little things that we enjoy doing and days are delightful. I am excited about the ways that I can and express love towards my partner and appreciate them and let them know I love and care for them unconditionally. I'm so grateful to understand now what true unconditional love is and to be able to shine it and share it with my partner. I'm really able to receive love in the most wonderful ways now. I feel like my life is a life of love and I'm so grateful that this is the gift I've given myself and that I get to share with my partner. I, I never thought it was possible for me, and now I know that it's possible because I have it, and I know I will continue to build on this wonderful relationship and have many more wonderful friendships and experiences of love. My life is a life of love. Yes. And uh, I'm on retreat here Uh, in uh, North Carolina, we're having a New Year's reboot retreat. And I was sharing that one of the most beautiful testimonials I've ever heard from anyone in Masterful Living that just lifts me up is someone who um, at the beginning of one year said, uh, I really, I, I really don't like my partner. I really despise them in many ways and I feel like they are ruining my life I'd like to get out of this relationship that's one of my goals is to figure out how to get out of this relationship 
I just, I can't stand them anymore. I don't want to live with them anymore. They are ruining my life. And I'm tired of them ruining my life. And in the course of the year, Masterful Living, like Lori was saying, they started to shift and take ownership over their thoughts. And then you know what happened is God would have it. They both ended up working from home and being home together all the time. And at first, the thought of that was just a nightmare. A nightmare. Both at home all the time. And one year later, what is that person saying? I love my partner so much. I'm so grateful for my partner. Without my partner, I could never have come to this loving place in my heart. I am so grateful and so thankful for my experience. My life has changed. My relationship has changed. Everything has changed. I'm living a a different experience now. I'm so, so grateful. So, this is... Something that doesn't happen overnight. That's why Masterful Living is a year-long course. So we don't give up. We keep going. Because we all have mountains and valleys. Peaks and valleys. The tide comes in, the tide comes out. There are times when we feel hopeless and helpless. And times when we feel ecstatic and thrilled. We feel so empowered and then, oh, wait a minute, maybe I'm not so empowered. And it's the ups and downs. And when you go through the course through a year with a group of people and everybody's working the same curriculum and having different but similar experiences and challenges, and this one has success when this one's just about to give up, and the one who has success says, don't give up. I was going to give up last week, but then I got inspired by what somebody else said or did, and I didn't give up, so don't you give up. I'll pray for you. And so we spiral up together. Everybody has their own unique experience. No two are alike. Together, we come to that great willingness and a willingness to change our beliefs and to have a truly different life, a truly different experience. It does take willingness. And I will say that in Masterful Living, the, generally, most people at the beginning of the year have a strong belief that it's not possible for them, that they do not have what it takes, but they're not willing to just do nothing again for another year. They need to do something. But most of them don't believe it will work for them. And the ones who have the most miraculous results are oftentimes the ones who are most convinced that they didn't have what it took. I've just seen it year after year after year. So, Remember that whether you're in Masterful Living or not in Masterful Living with me this year, doing this work, this prep work of writing down clearly how you'd like to feel in these areas of your life, yourself, your body, your home environment, your work, your work environment, your relationships, your creativity, how you dress, uh, your finances, your self-esteem, Uh, your travel, all the different areas of your life that are important to you. How would you like to feel? 
And yes, you can keep a separate list of the things you'd like to do and the things you'd like to experience, the things you'd like to know and understand. That's all good. But just don't put the word want in it. I'd like to. And keep that list. It's a separate list. But focus on how you'd like to feel. And then write that letter to yourself or you can send it to me. I'm happy to energize it for you. You can email me at jennifer at jenniferhadley.com. If you're in Master for Living, you can email me at mlc at jenniferhadley.com. Send it to me. I'll energize it and pray on it for you. And then you do the same. Do the same. Energize it. Pray on it. Read it once a day or once a week. So the more you invest in this, the more you'll get out of it. And it's so much easier than trying to earn a lot of money to make things happen or, you know, all the things that we do working in density, pushing density. Let's do our work in the invisible. This is how we're designed to be, to work with this lightness of being, to let go of the density, hold a vision for ourselves and each other of what's possible. This is the miraculous work that we are born to do. Let's do it. All right, last thing here I'd like to say to you is get clear about the number one thought that upsets you. The number one thought that upsets you and be willing to, every time you think it, call upon spirit and say, take this thought out of my mind. I never want to think it again. I'm only interested in thinking the thoughts of joy, of peace, of harmony, of love. I am a creature of love and light, and that's all I'm interested in focusing on. And I share the benefits of my healing and my expansion with everyone because I'm one with them. Every time you think that number one negative thought that bothers you, call upon spirit to take it out of your mind. When you are truly 100% sincere and you do not need that thought anymore, it can be taken out of your mind and it will be. Prove it to yourself. It works. Another thing is to make yet another list of little changes that you could make to improve the quality of your life. So it could be any number of things like um, getting your car cleaned once a week. Uh, It could be to no longer resent uh, your partner because they don't take out the trash. Instead, you're just going to take out the trash and not complain. It could be that little things like you're going to buy that shampoo that's $3 more that smells the way you love shampoo to smell. Find little things that you can do that are little gifts to yourself. Giving up a resentment. Set an intention. I'm going to give up these resentments. Make a list of them. You don't have to know how it's going to happen, but you do have to allow. Another thing is uh, I have my free How to Get Over It Forgiveness Workshop. Forgiveness is our healer. 
I encourage you, it's free. Go to the homepage at jenniferhadley.com. Get that workshop and maybe make it part of your New Year's intention setting party or have part two of your New Year's intention setting party, your New Year's reboot party. And then remember, do this. Make an appointment a month from now to come back and review. Where are you? Keeping your attention on your intention is what heals your life. Spirit will do the heavy lifting of figuring out how everything's going to happen. Your job is to allow it to happen. And holding it in your mind is the most powerful thing. Holding it positively in your mind. So let's pray on that. I'm so grateful and so thankful to say yes to this new year of healing, of freedom, of joy, of love and harmony, of abundance and prosperity, of creativity and beauty and wisdom. So grateful and so thankful to claim a year of profound wholeness and healing. So grateful to say yes to living our very best life, to living a life of pure love and harmony. So grateful and so thankful to give up all negative habits. So grateful to give the heavy lifting to the Holy Spirit, knowing that we are one. So grateful to have this new habit of working in the invisible at the level of the mind, where all healing happens, calling forth Miracle after miracle, accepting miracle after miracle, living miracle after miracle. We share the benefits of our miraculous life of love with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we joyfully let it be. We know that it's done and accomplished in the mind of the infinite, and so we allow it to unfold with ease and with grace. We accept it. In gratitude, we know it's done. And so it is. Amen. 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 God bless you. I love you. May this be the best year ever. Thank you again for investing your precious heart in your healing. It lifts us all. If you'd like more support, please go to jenniferhadley.com. I offer the free gift of daily prayer and inspiration by means of my blog, which I call Spiritual Espresso. Sign up today and you'll join with people from all over the world who are in a powerful prayer circle together. Spiritual Espresso is a great support to keep your mind open and focused on love every day in every way. Thank you for being my prayer I love you, and I thank God for you. (laughs) Yes, 